Hello, remote friends. The information from this podcast is rich with remote support, but it's even more important that you go from information to application to get the best results possible. Remote work is here to stay, and we want to help you on your way. So let us know how we can support you even more by visiting remotepathways.com. There you will find a quick link to talk with us directly. Reach out to Jen for all your teamwork, leadership, coaching, and facilitation needs. And reach out to Michelle for developing a healthy, sustainable rhythm of life through spiritual practices, 90-day projects, and simple structures to support your remote working journey. Until we connect, thank you for listening. It's such an honor going remote together with you. Let's explore the remote world. Together we'll discover the people, places, and pathways to working remotely. We'll engage in great conversations, share tips and valuable resources, and connect you with voices from the field. Let's go remote together. Here we are again, Jen, on the remote road. What have we got planned for our listeners today? Well, I'm excited. This is certainly a topic that I need personally, wellness and stress tips with one of our earlier guests, Jennifer Grody. So if you have attended any of our Remote Pathways podcast community calls, Jennifer is one of our regular attendees as well. She comes and joins us once or twice a month with her breakfast bevy. And we really enjoyed the conversation so much that she's back with us today to talk a little bit about wellness, and also stress tips. So think about your world of work as a remote worker. What's creating stress? What are you doing to like get out of that chair that we can sometimes feel like is our second appendage or third appendage beyond the laptop? And, you know, want to welcome you back. So Jennifer Grody is a strengths champion certified coach for individuals, managers, and teams who want to leverage their innate talents to shine brighter and achieve more together. Jennifer's also a nationally board-certified integrative health coach, yoga teacher, and mindfulness practitioner. With this foundation, she is able to bring a unique perspective to employee engagement and work-life balance. Jennifer helps individuals and teams to thrive, utilizing their strengths, stress management, and work-life balance strategies. Hey there, good to see you guys and to be back with you again. I'm really passionate about this topic because I think that it's something that so easily slips away, right? It it so easily gets pushed to the back burner until, um, until it demands our attention, right? Until it becomes a crisis. And then we have to, um, do a whole lot more work to, um, to get back to a healthy place, to get back to kind of homeostasis. So I, you know, I personally have, uh, Michelle has been at my house and, you know, I think she commented maybe even in the last episode, she said, Jennifer, this is just like a way of life for you, you know? And so I try to weave wellness and well-being into the fabric of my day um, so that it's not something that I go and do, you know, but rather it's kind of who I am and kind of my being. So happy to be here and to talk about this topic and also how it relates to our personal strengths. Love that connection. So over to you, Michelle, I can see you want to add in a few things here. 
Yeah, definitely. By the way, I wish everyone listening could go to Jennifer Grody's house because she has the gift of hospitality and you just feel completely pampered and at rest. You will not want to leave when you're in her (laughs) presence. So, (laughs) and that's why what she does, um, great work in retreats as well. So you can see that gift come to life in those settings. So just so glad to have you here with us, Jennifer. You just um, have become a regular, like she said, on the community calls and um, just investing in us. So looking forward to that continued investment in our listeners today. So wellness in the workplace and remote spaces and some information for the leadership. So where should we start today, Jennifer G.? Hmm. Great question. You know, since this is the remote pathways podcast, you know, I think we've got a diverse group of listeners. Um, we probably no longer have, um, in light of what's happened in the year 2020, um, with the COVID-19 outbreak, you know, we probably no longer have just strictly, uh, people that only work in the office, right? Everyone kind of became a virtual worker in 2020. Um, and going forward, we will probably have a hybrid of people that maybe go into the office some days, work from home some days, some staff that does always work home. So I think this podcast is really going to speak to um, a whole bunch of people. And, you know, if you have a body, then wellness is important to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So thinking about the the workplace. So if you do work in a kind of a typical um, brick and mortar building and you have uh, staff that come to the office every day, I think it's important to create an environment that promotes wellness. Right. It's one thing to have, you know, different programs that employees can get discounts, like if they join a gym and so on and so forth. And it's a different thing altogether to actually promote it as part of your culture. Um, so you might, you know, it's not just giving it lip service, but you as a leader are modeling it and creating opportunities for it to exist. So when I think about, you know, what might that look like? Well, you can even start with strengths. You know, if you know what your employees' strengths are, not only is this a fabulous way to um, mentor them, coach them, help them develop in their job, right, which all lead to productivity and outcomes, um, but you can also understand a little bit about what makes them stressed. What do their strengths need in order to thrive? Um, and what are the circumstances that actually will you know, cause their strengths, their kind of unique DNA, to get really stressed out. Let me give you an example to illustrate. So I have empathy as my number two strength. I'm very tuned in to the emotional temperature of the room and to other people's emotions. This is a huge strength when it comes to voicing the questions that are unheard, you know, that are unspoken in a group or, you know, knowing what's going on with people. But um, I can very quickly get emotionally fatigued, right? And I can um, just kind of carry all of that with me. So one thing that I need is opportunities to kind of express and process those emotions myself, right? I need those regular check-ins with um, someone that will let me talk about it and just kind of process it all out. Or maybe I need maybe a little bit more frequent breaks to kind of go take a walk and get some deep breaths um, just so that I'm unloading some of that emotional data that I've been absorbing all day long. Does that make sense a little bit about that strength and my stress? It does. And I, it's sort of funny because just before this, as I was going to grab a tea, my son t- said to me, mom, you talk so much. <laughs> and I said, you know what? It 
it's really just to decompress from some of the listening I've been doing. I, you know, as coaches, we listen all the time, but what are our four, like, what are our release valves, as I like to say? So I was curious again on strengths. We could stay there for a few minutes. Um, you know, like beyond empathy from your knowledge, like, are there other, like this release valve notion verbally, what other strengths might need the release valve? Yeah. If you think about people that are very strategic, um, if they are Jen, right. That's one of my top five. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if, um, if you're being asked to do something without being given the proper data, or the opportunity to research it and get your own data, that could create stress for you. And if you were being asked to do that on a repeated basis, man, it's not going to lead to you feeling emotionally healthy and energized, right? That need that you have for the data and to see kind of the the, the picture mapped out um, in data form uh, will cause you to be very stressed. And so you tell me, did I... Well, definitely the strategic, you know, and I think that right now in my world, it's not so much data, but it's the need to go to a detailed granular level, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, in in times of stress, and I I love something that you already mentioned was like, you know, at times of stress or urgency or crisis, what do we tend to do? We tend to over leverage our strengths. And so think about, you know, for any listener listening, think about what you've been doing since maybe March of this year, how have you really been leaning into your strengths, almost over magnifying them mm-hmm. to help you thrive? Well, we're now moving into like a medium and perhaps a long term of this new way of working, whatever new way means. And so I'm noticing, yeah, like my, my strengths are getting a bit tired as well. They've been over magnified, creating some blind spots. So absolutely. You're, you're so spot on with that, Jen. We definitely um, tend to kind of hold tight to what we know and we dig in deeper with that. Um, and it, it can cause real fatigue. Um, so on both ends of the spectrum, right? So if it's, if that need is not being fed, so to speak, like on the one end, um, or if you're overusing it, it's over magnifying it. So either ends of the spectrum. Um, and Michelle and I just recently did a, a workshop with a team and we use the analogy of a, um, a light, Mm-hmm. And that um, our strengths are kind of a source of light, right? They shine. And when we're um, kind of in that sweet spot, we're shining brightly and we're giving off just the right amount of light um, for the circumstance. So imagine that uh, you're in an intimate restaurant, you know, and having dinner, you're going to want a nice soft light, right? Um, you're not going to want bright, glaring lights. And conversely, if you're getting surgery, you know, you want some pretty bright lights. And so we think about, so that kind of weaves together, you know, your strength as a light, but also the circumstances, the environment. When is it appropriate to shine brighter or less um, with those strengths? So. Yeah. So what I'm hearing naturally come out uh, with that is the emotional intelligence piece uh, that is also woven in the work of strengths, uh, EQ and wellness. So that application or that understanding of of knowing the environment, feeling the room and awareness of self, right? Um, so question that naturally surfaces, right, is what does work? So you have this awareness of the over magnification of strengths or operate, you know, awareness of weakness. Like what is a 
healthy way to express or decompress your stress with this awareness that you bring. Mm-hmm. In the remote space. In yeah. the remote space. In the remote space. Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you guys for bringing it back. I know we kind of started off talking about the brick and mortar. We're talking to leaders about, you know, helping their team. One of the ways by knowing their, their strengths and what causes them stress or not, and maybe helping them to understand that. Um, but I think just thinking through on another level, um, you know, focusing, helping people, being more flexible with how um, you manage people. So um, with that knowledge, recognizing that everyone is different. So, it, you know, can you be flexible with schedules? right? Some people are night owls. They do their really best work at night, um, but they need to sleep in later Um, and vice versa. You know, some people are, my husband and I have different rhythms. You know, is there an opportunity for some flexibility? Some places, yes. Uh, Some places, no, just by the nature of your business. But if there is flexibility, maybe considering that. Um, Another thing with your employees is to focus on outcomes versus hours. Um, I think it can be really stressful for people to feel like they've got to show up and be 100%, you know, eight to five, um, when maybe they have a different rhythm and they can produce amazing work if you let them work it out in their time, you know, maybe set, set timelines, set markers, check in. I think Jen talks about micro monitoring instead of micromanaging. Um, but all these things actually lead to a, a feeling of well-being, a sense of autonomy. Um, and so that a, a person might need to take one day, they might need to take an hour break to go take a walk, you know, and then another day they might not take a break at all. But, you know, I think if we start treating employees as grown adults, you know, and allowing them to, and helping them as well to manage their energy and um, their production, you'll, you'll see a shift. And and again, it does lead to productivity. Yeah. I love that. You know, Jim, uh, I think it's Jim Moore and Tony Schwartz in their book uh, from about 10, 15 years ago, um, all about the science of high performance it is about that energy management. They have a great quote around like, it's not about managing time. It's about managing energy. And I love how you really brought us into like the whole notion of like circadian rhythm and when are you at your best in the the 30 and 90 day guides that I'm working on right now, which will be out this fall. It's all about like, yeah, how do you know yourself as a remote team member? So then how do you have the conversation with the rest of the team saying, you know, I'm at my best when blank. You know, for me, it's early by 3 p.m. My brain is done, right? I've been like, I'm most productive in that first like early morning block. And then I move into calls. So it's interesting, you know, as we go distributed for new organizations, it's like, oh yeah, we've got to really, you know, look at how do we work it. But to the point, can there be some core hours? Many of the global organizations that I worked for, we had a core set of hours, three or four hours a day that Everyone had to be on deck. And that was really the piece that beyond that, you could manage your work. And so to your point too, Jen, of like really how do you manage and work to outcome versus time? And it's it's really about getting very clear, right? And that's been, it's going to be related to a, one of the episodes that Michelle and I are going to talk about soon in terms of like, how are you really managing the performance element, but also how are you like debunking some of the myths? Time does not equal output. No. no. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard 
three things in what you just said, Jen, that are important. Um, one is that self-knowledge piece, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it is going to require a little bit of personal reflection, understanding, like, when do I work best? Kind of charting your energy and, um, you know, and, and that is going to require the second thing, which is experimentation. You know, that willingness to experiment with time and, um, you know, energy and just all the different things that might make up you having a good, productive, healthy day. Um, and then that third piece is communication, right? So I'm learning this about myself. I'm in experimentation. Who do I need to communicate with about this? Um, you know, these changes and, and that it's, I'm, I am in a process, like I'm discovering it. I'm practicing it. Are you okay with that? Um, you know, what does that look like? What does that mean for you? If I'm going to be having this schedule? Mm-hmm. Love that. I've just launched a new remote team builders course, mini course, and it's all about connect, communicate, collaborate, right? So you've got to have those three things happening. And just because I think people know that's an assumption, right? Like we always need to over communicate in this space as well. Oh, yeah. And you know, they call them the fundamentals because they they are right. You just and you have to keep going back and, and remembering them and you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I'm, I'm constantly, you know, veering off course and course correcting, coming back, you know, and refining and tweaking and it's a process. So, um, then I'm thinking now, you know, moving to the remote space. So those are some tips that we gave for the leaders, um, around ways that they can encourage their, their team and their employees around health. A couple other things I'm thinking of with them too is, um, you know, regular breaks, regular check-ins, that communication piece, but also seeing if you can incorporate um, fun and play and celebration. Those are such mood boosters. And we know that positivity leads to energy and productivity. Um, So those are some good things around well-being. Um, And then in the remote space, Jen, you talked about, you know, being glued to the chair and, and the irony of, you know, I think a lot of us got, went into this remote working world thinking, oh, I'm going to have like so much more freedom and I'm going to be so healthy. And, you know, like this vision of, um, and the reality is totally different than the expectation. And, um, you can actually work harder and longer remotely than you did at work. Absolutely. Not, not always healthily, right? Like on my, I want to buy it list is, a treadmill desk. I actually started experimenting with how I could take our treadmill, our current treadmill, and think about how I could sort of do a MacGyver on it (laughs) and actually be able to use it. However, it's a little loud. Sadly, it was too loud to be able to do my coaching calls. So that that MacGyvered away, right? So if anyone has good tips, like beyond buying a treadmill desk, like let us know, let me know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Michelle and I have been talking about the stand-up desk that's on both of our lists is to, you know, adapt our space to be able to work standing up. Yes. And I know, Michelle, you've been recently um, doing the trail. I want to share about that. So one thing we talk about in the remote space is taking being breaks. I might have mentioned this before. Um, You know, you're working, you're in doing mode, and maybe just setting the timer on your phone for every so many 60, 90 minutes, whatever works for you, um, to remember that you're a human being and attend to, you know, your biology, like take, take a bio break, drink some water, stretch, get some fresh air, 
you know, maybe once or twice during the day, just having a social conversation, checking in with a friend, um, kind of reminds you that you're a body, you know, and not just a brain at work. So. Yeah. I love it. I hear so many things that I love. You know, we've talked about circadian rhythms, charting energy, uh, the principles of the remote pathway, so to speak, and uh, communication, communication, communication. There's never enough communication. And it's that reminders and having those conversations about wants, needs, and expectations in the remote space too, right? That That's important. And walking with people, you asked about the trail. Um, I find that I have a lot of conversations with people on the trail. That's kind of where the social connection and the wellness and the breaks or pondering my thoughts um, happen is on the trail in the backyard. My husband built a trail for us in the backyard on our property. And I'm so grateful, especially in the midst of all the the COVID crisis, right? Just that place to decompress some stress. So thanks for asking. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, this kind of final piece that I'm thinking of is around, um, planning, right? That, that just like any other area of our life that we want to be successful in, we have to kind of cast a vision. Like what would it look like at the end of the week? If I was, um, taking good care of my well-being, you know, mind, body, spirit, relationally, um, what would the elements be? You know, would I be drinking lots of water, staying hydrated? Would I be eating whole healthy foods, lots of fruits and veggies, kind of keeping my energy up and protein? Um, would I be sleeping well, you know, and then what is it going to take to, um, make those things happen? So planning and then preparation, And in that preparation is communication that we talked about. So who do you need to speak to on your remote team? And that is your family, right? What agreements do you need to make about um, the hours that you're going to be working? And maybe that after work, the hour after work, you're going to be going for a walk or, um, and you find that if you set those up in advance, you're not stressing about it during the day, right? Thinking, oh, I need to talk to so-and-so. And I need, you've already laid it out. You've already kind of created the space on your calendar and in your relationships um, to have that time for well-being woven into your week. <laughs> I know I will not, because I'm working in my passion area, I will not naturally take being breaks. So this is something that Jennifer Grody has really helped me with over the past couple of years. Another thing that I'm thinking of right now, going back to the beginning of our call, when you were talking about, you know, we've had this mass exodus into the remote space, but now we're going halfway back, Right. So we look ahead and we see this state of being, this um, state of consistent change is going to be there. So this is, again, why it's such an important conversation to find out those anchors, those constants that will remain and we can find strength in so that we can navigate this change in a healthy way. So what would be the key anchor points? Let's say if you had five key anchor points that remained constant, what would those be? That kind of having a vision for your, for your health and well-being is, is key, right? Because if you can't see it, you're not going to do it. So what does that look like when you are being healthy and taking good care of yourself? Purposeful planning and preparation. So have, am I making time for that on my calendar? Am I preparing what I need? Maybe that, you know, maybe you're making some meals on Sunday, making sure you have water at your desk. You know, you've got your workout clothes laid out, Um, you know, you've scheduled time in your day. So that planning and preparation, um, that communication piece, who do you need to communicate about this? 
For some people, this is going to be a change. And we know that change rattles people. So even if you're doing something good for yourself, right? People are like, whoa, in your life, it's like, what are you doing? And um, and it disrupts their schedule a little bit, which it's not a bad thing, but it just does require a little bit of communication. And even if you use that, I'm experimenting. I think that for me, that's a fun way to, you know, I'm not like changing my life right now. I'm just experimenting with some different things. So I'm going to come back to you and give you feedback and tell you how it's going, right? Oh, that's good. That's permission to play, right? Permission to play. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Compassion Mm. is, um, you know, this is something that we did earlier in our stress detox um, that, like I said to you before, that it's, um, even though, you know, I know all these things, I get off course, um, not beating yourself up for um, things that you didn't do or did like, just having that compassion, coming back, um, kind of being gentle with yourself, you know, knowing that you are a human being, you do have needs. And the more you take care of those, you know, um, and you're kind to yourself, the quicker you can kind of get back on track. Um, and then, um, so th- those are my, I guess those are my top four that are just off the cuff. Well, and you know what? I think you actually mentioned five. I wrote down vision, purposeful planning, communication, experimentation, one of our favorites, which was our Q2 focus, and compassion. Compassion. Five. Ta-da. Um, but, but the last thing I do want to leave with, um, with the listeners is just to think about um, success as being holistic. That, um, you know, try, you know, that work-life balance, I think, is kind of a myth. It's more of an integration. And so um, as you are going about your day, um, think about holistic success, that you're, you know, succeeding at work, but you're also taking care of your well-being and that they don't have to be two separate things. And you can do it in micro doses, right? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be this big thing. It can be in micro moments. Small steps plus daily action equals momentum. That's plan, do, track. And I love the connection, you know, today with hearing about your purposeful planning and, you know, really the tracking of it all and just like getting into getting into some movement. So as always, thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining us today. And definitely listeners, check out our uh, remotepathways.com, the podcast page for Jennifer's download. We hope that you'll join us as another special guest at our community calls. Those are usually the first and third Thursday of every month, either at 7 or 7.30 a.m. Eastern, Toronto, North Carolina, New York time. What would you like to say, Michelle, as we go to wrap up today? Yeah, well, if you've been tuning in, you probably think like we do. You may want to continue this conversation with Jennifer and learn more about wellness in workplaces and remote spaces. So we want to let you know that you can actually invite Jennifer to speak to your local group or company event, or some area where this is important to you. This is important to your organization. So as Jennifer B. mentioned, you can find uh, Jennifer G.'s information on our guest page, or you can find Jennifer at jennifergrodycoaching.com. And that's G-R-O-T-E.com. So I think that wraps it up. Jennifer G., thanks again for being with us. Until we hit the road again, we'll see you soon. Thanks, everyone. Take care.